We're concluding the mini-series that we started three weeks ago, um, recapturing the vision of Crossway. And it prompted uh, because of our, the season of our lives and, and as a Crossway Church. And starting next Sunday, we will be meeting at Yoba Middle School, as you know. And I thought what's most important is that to prepare not logistically, and I'm sure Bo's going to have mouthful to, to, to say at the end of this uh, service about the moving and the first Sunday, the, week, the Saturday and Sunday is coming up. But I think it's important for us to recapture the vision that will sustain us, uh, refuel us in our vision. And as we continue to face ongoing challenges with the facilities and um, cancer in our loved ones and many other uh, issues that we have. So first Sunday was why. Why choose the way of the cross, the, the foundational reason for the vision that God has given us. It is the way of Jesus as opposed to the way of the culture. The second Sunday was what? Last week, what is exactly the vision? And then we clarify the vision and the three aspects of uh, the being a transforming community. <clears throat> is actually the saltiness and congruence and countercultural mindset. Today is practical side. Then how are we go going to, to live it out? What does it look like? So as we begin today's message, I'm going to make this very clear. This is our application, our best intended effort to live out what seems to be so clear in Scripture about what church supposed to be and church supposed to be like. This is not the only way, but it is our own effort to do it, and we could tweak it. But I think what's important is that we catch the vision and the fire behind that, why we do what we do. But before we get into the details of practical sides of our seven core practices, here's a question for all of us. What comes to your mind when I say the word church? And if you are a relatively new Christian, and even if you've been going to church all your life, um, Typically, the first thing that will come to people's mind is a building with a cross on top. And if you Google it, maybe at least 30, 40 years ago, that used to be typically the picture will show up. But today, people know it's, uh, even, even our kids know, church is not building. Church is people. Okay, we got that right. So what comes to your mind when you think about church? People, the picture of usually nice stage and full band 
and some kind of performance, like really gifted people leading, preaching, and doing things in front. Whether we like it or not, habitually, I'm going to church, attend the church, and modern-day church experience, a Christian experience is all about Sunday or weekend because some other pragmatic churches will have a Saturday night service and Sunday night service as well. Coming from those kind of churches, a really large church who that was growing uh, like crazy each weekend, uh, we bought into this slogan that was throwing around the church circles, which shows once again the way of the cult, the way of the world sneaked into the cult, church culture as well. The slogan is this: "It's all about weekend, stupid." Or it, or some from churches, it's all about Sunday, stupid. Because of all our programmatic churches at one Sunday weekend, it's all about weekends, stupid. In other words, you've got to get your staff and get every resource and every effort to make that weekend, exp weekend experiences from coming in and welcoming and ushering and the beginning of the music and to the end of preaching and end of the service Everything has to be attractive. So no wonder our mindset and perception and vision about church skewed away from Christ's vision. Don't take my words for it. Let's take a look at one of the examples of a biblical portraits in Scripture. And see if what vision, what portraits, what pictures has to come into our mind when we think about church. I chose Romans 12, verse 3 to 18. One of the verses, once again. Apostle Paul writing to the churches in Rome. And, and, and to be clear, to understand the context the Roman churches were house churches. They didn't have a building like ours. It was just basically some big houses might have a 30, 40 people. Uh, some, some small church, small houses maybe have a 20. Some mansions could have 70, 80. Who knows? But it was not typical mega church concept we had. And then the key idea was they did church organically, not pragmatically. Let's take a look at verse 3. Paul writes, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For all for as in one body we have many members and the members do not have all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ 
and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, in the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit, serving uh, to serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with who, who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, if possible. So far as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. Did you see the picture of the big, nice stage and bunch of gifted people and the rest of the people watching? Or I'm not against I'm not against the well prepared worship service at all. But the picture that Bible depicts here, New Testament depicts for us. It comes out very clearly. If you just pay attention to the repeated words, which means importance, emphasis, right? Intentional redundancy is there. Let's glance over this passage that way again. Verse 3 starts with, By the grace given to me, I say to everyone, not to think of himself as haughty, high, highly, and to not be haughty in your own mind. It's always, it starts with the countercultural mindset, isn't it? The self PR and be assertive and all that is really the culture of any organization, and church is bought into that as well. How about the words like one body, many members. One body in Christ, members one of another. The having gifts differ and use them. The idea of a diversity in unity and unity in diversity. We're not to be unif uniformity in a way that everyone has to look the same. We are to celebrate 
the God-given different personality and strength and spiritual gift. But and yet, we are to bring all those diversity in unity in Christ. And once again, there's a lot of people, interaction, collaboration, cooperation, synergy, synergy happens here. The picture, rather than organization, programming, you attend one and a half hour of programming. As far as the diversity and diverse gifts, notice this. There isn't special category of people called the pastors or uh, clergies. If prophecy, if service, the one who teaches, the one who exhorts, the one who contributes, the one who leads, the one who does acts of mercy. Do all that. Everyone had role in building up the body of Christ. Everyone had ministry. Verse 9, love must be genuine. One another, love one another with brotherly affection. We need to think about that even when we are greeting each other. You know, during the worship service time. And always we need to think about, we need to act our way into feeling rather than feel our way into acting. This is false, the postmodern idea that we bought into. What, what does it mean to be genuine? Oh, I need to feel it first to, in order to act. No, you'll be a bad mother. You would be a bad father if you feel your way <laughs> into loving the kid. Be fervent rather than going through the motions of mediocre. In serving the Lord, patient in tribulation, even in difficulties, you know, ongoing challenges we experience. Constant in prayer, prayer first, church. Knees of the saints, we are to share and contribute. Beyond this church, the local church, the body of Christ is a universal body. Rejoice with those. Rejoice. And we the weep with those who weep. And in our case, is that people are going through a tough time because their close loved ones have cancer, their marriage is on the rock, the finance is difficult, their children are having difficulty at school, getting alone with other friends. Associate with the lowly. We pay no evil for evil. I, I had to stop because I'm going to make the whole thing highlighted with the red. Right? The idea is church is God's family, body of Christ that involves 
one another. Head of church is not a is not senior pastor. For that reason, I don't even like some churches calling head pastor as if the, he is the head of the church. Head of the head of the church is Christ, and there is no distinction between the laity and clergy. We're all royal priesthood, which means that every member is a minister. Every member ought to have a ministry, whether you are a paint staff or not. What's happened to our church? Churches around uh, the Western world. I think it's very insightful. It, it, it's a tribute. This quote is a tribute to a couple of people, but I, I really couldn't decide between the two, so I decided to go with the Sam Pasco. Sam Pasco once said, "Christianity started in Palestine as a fellowship." It moved to Greece and became a philosophy. It moved to Italy and became an institution. It moved to Europe and became a culture. It came to America and became an enterprise. And no wonder many of our churches become consumer-oriented churches. So our, our vision, we are vigilant against this cultural uh, influence, the, the way of the culture and the world is influencing church. We are to choose the way of Jesus, which is radical and countercultural and paradoxical. Okay, enough of reaction to the culture. So what, what are we going to do the, as you... Uh, heard last week once again the vision of Crossway Church is to simply put be Christ's transforming community this community is transforming like the furnace going on and then I and you come in get transformed by it and then we bring others our friends close relatives around us and they come in, uh, our acquaintances, our co-workers come in, our neighbors be impacted by that. And then beyond that, our world, including the uttermost, the ends of the earth, our little community can impact the world, for the glory of God and his kingdom. The vision statement is clear. And how are we going to do it? I suggest seven core practices. This is, once again, our application. This is not the only way to church, but our application of the biblical guidance, scripture guidance, and Christ's vision, clearly. And uh, before I introduce, by the way, 
For 12 years, seven core practices were on the back of the bulletin. Can we make sure everyone has it? At least the, let's not have any, any other leftover. It's in your outline and you could take notes if you're not note taker typically. Just take a look at it. Let's be mindful of these practices. Could, could you raise your hand if you don't have one? Over, over here. There are five reasons for these core practices. In a way that the importance of five, five important reasons for these seven core practices. Number one, it is our intentional way to seek God-centeredness in all things we do as Christ's body. And once again, in the essence, our vision in, in one word is God-centeredness. The core practice is designed in a way that we could continually seek God's God-centeredness in all things we do as opposed to men-centered things. Number two, it is our intentional way to be an organic, relational community rather than a programmatic organization. As we just read Romans 12, verse 13 through 3 to 18, church is to be relational community, not a forced relational, the organically relational community. It is our intention, intentional way to foster spirit dependence through prayer and scripture guidance in all things rather than relying on the last, latest trends or techniques. And fourthly, it is our intentional way to practice every member ministry through diversity and unity rather than pastoral staff driven ministry. Very few people driven ministry. The paid guys and gals do the work. The rest of them are customers and consumers. No. Every member ministry means every member has ministry in our church. Every member ministry is the ministries by every member. The question that I have is in recapturing the vision of Crossway, may I ask you, sisters and brothers, what is your ministry at Crossway? Of course, you could try and, and different things, and that's how you find your niche and find your spiritual gifts and strength and your role. And the point that we need to remember unlike the worldly way that emphasize what's my strength? I need to keep, take the test. I need to know my personality strength. I need to have you know, uh, this personality test and that personality, this spiritual test. And then I could serve that's a man-centered way. The God-centered way is this. Look at 
Where's the need is? What is God asking you to participate in? If, even if, let's say, you are not such a gifted teacher with kids, there is a need. You, te- you teach them, you help them until someone who is really good at it and comes and passionate at it. Or you find out singing and praising and participating in worship is good. That is how God centered the way of finding ministry and your spiritual gifts, not the other way around. I'm not against taking personality tests. I'm not against uh, you know Myers Briggs or or Strength Finders or uh, Enneagram and any of that. Do it in God centered way. Fifth and lastly, it is our intentional way to follow the multiplication principle of Jesus who focused on a few locally to impact the world globally. The worldly way is that we need to be big. We need to have these fancy programs and enterprise that could impress the, the poor world, the lost world, and then we could make the impact. We need to be on media. And let's be mindful. The way of the cross is humble. The God loves to use the weak things, the foolish things, which means the people who are right nearby us. We could focus on few to multiply, and these people will, in turn, in chain reaction happens. And like we have seen Boy and Cindy go boldly to the unreached people group takes two days to get there and impact them. They are still meeting. They are still living. There is a constant struggle and persecution. But good thing is, their community survives. We impact the world. May I say obvious things? Because a lot of uh, comments I heard over the years is, Paul, I like Crossway because it's small. I love small church. I came from large church. I don't, I don't like large church anymore. Our vision is not to become small church. But it looks like the way we are doing difficult church is not, quote-unquote, user-friendly. It, it's difficult to commit. People, our, our friends come and say really nice things. Right? They're impressed. You guys are doing a wonderful job. Uh, but I cannot commit because I have this church that is very convenient. That's, those are my words. <laughs> so what are the seven core practices? And once again, it's in our, in our bulletin. And then maybe when you share with your friends what Crossway is all about, you could explain why. Why we do what we do in, in these. The first and foremost is this practice. Simple life and ministry. Keep life and ministry simple by proactively arranging them around the organic life and relationships a transforming home group community. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 will clarify what simple means. 
let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. In the beginning of our crossway, one you know, young family was struggling because of the you know, baby and it's hard to do home group that way. And uh, you guys went through that. I am so grateful, by the way, for you to stick around and catch the vision and to journey with us. I know. I will be the first one. Simple doesn't mean easy. And then she said, Pastor Paul, I thought simple would be easy. But why is it so difficult? The home group rotation, lunch rotation, and you know, we that used to have a child, uh, I mean, children's ministry rotation. Now we have a full staff. The adults don't have to help anymore. Oh, not to mention church-wide lunch, communal lunch rotation. It's simple um, means that we are simplifying our life to center around God, to seek God-centeredness. Let me explain this way. Some of you are running half marathon within a few weeks now. I am glad that 20, you know, David did such a good job of championing this. And to this year, we have the largest number. 23? 23 people are running. And half marathoners who've done it uh, probably could do it. It's a piece of cake. But at least the first-timers need to train. In order to train, you need to simplify your life. You need to not eat with some things. You need to schedule your life in a way that you could have regular practice run. Half marathon is that what what if what does David do when he runs hundred miles? The the simplification that he has to have, I know so many things he doesn't do, so many things that he doesn't need because of that simplification. And you, you say, why do you do such a Difficult thing, David, or any people who are really into training, because the vision is better. The clear, the passion for this outcome is better. And the sacrifice is really not a sacrifice. The simple life and ministry is all about that. Oh, sorry about that. So, in that sense, our structure is for this purpose. There are two hubs. One, one of them is Home Group Community's Hub of Organic Church Life at Crossway. This is what we mean. What is church life all alike? Like, what do I really find out? What do I do to really find out what Crossway is all about? It's really not on Sunday. It's a home group process of life, organic process of life. Doing life together in many different ways. And that home group is 
radically different from typically what the mega church or large church have. Well, I used to champion that in small group. That's why the wording is different as well. But for now, home group community is a hub of organic church life at Crossway. Crossway church-wide community, lest we think that little home group, each home group is individualistic. There are Sunday gatherings and everything that we do as a church-wide and missions and student ministry and children's ministry and other things is the hub of all other home group communities. We'll be only a handful these days, but imagine that in another 10 years we might have 20, 30, 40 home groups. How, we, how, how do we become unified in one body and diversity and unity? Because a cross-street church-wide community becomes the hub, the link for that. And our aim in this is to keep the church relational and organic rather than programmatic and organizational. The picture looks like this. Let's start with the home group community, which is the hope of Crossway Church life. Home group community is holistic community. Small group, typically in modern day church, you go to huge worship service, you can't really know anyone, you feel left out, you feel not connected. So go to home small group so that you can connect connected and do Bible study. Once serve once in a while with your home group, uh, with your small group, but it is really the addendum to the big main church. Our vision of biblical functioning community, because of one anotherness, the more things are happening in home group community. Therefore, the main big church things, we need to slim down. May keep it really simple. Less of events and programs. No more just bunch of meetings that you are preoccupied. That you can't do organic relationships of life. In home group, these are the key words. Simple, countercultural. It's a lifestyle. Rather than you join small group six months and go separate ways. It's Christ-centered. Deep care and challenge, building up and branching out, and holistic. There are at least six things happening in home groups, starting with shepherding and modeling and mentoring by home group leaders and core members, sharpening one another in men's group and women's group, alternating, apprenticing, sharing leadership. You know, I hope you take opportunity to take that opportunity to facilitate one study by volunteering. The home group is really for that kind of uh, every member ministry. People get to try things without full responsibility of leadership, doing life together. And it's really happening. At this part, I am so grateful that you know many of you went vacationing together, and many of you do hobbies together and hang out. Uh, that's wonderful. Serving together and being missional together. 
So to see home group members together in um, when I when I went out served with my family, sheepfold, the caring for the um, the children of uh, troubled families, the the, the 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 woman who need to be sheltered because of how the domestic abuse were going on. And many home group people came out together, and that's wonderful. Can I, can I dream this with you guys? How about entire home group going to Yucatan, Mexico sometime? That will be wonderful. And going to Thailand together. The other side of a church-wide community, um, there are only four things we do because we want to simplify singles event, couples event, families event, and this event and that event is usually fills every member's previous ministry. Uh, I had a men's group, which was so powerful. Uh, these are the guys who are all going through midlife like me back then. So some of, some of them are doctors and CEOs and uh, professors. And it was just wonderful. Because of our experience, it's still going. They're still meeting. And their wives, um, the counter part of the wives and meeting is still meet. As we are starting... Um, Crossway Church plant, and I said, before I leave, can we have one last retreat? Let's bring all our kids and family, my wives, just one one weekend, Friday to Saturday. We plan try to nail down one day that works for everyone. In six seven weeks, a period of time, we couldn't find one. You know why? Because it's not they're, they're doing so many things for their hobby. It's because they're involved in so many events and programs and ministries and their team buildings, things of the church. They're all leaders. So four things only we want to simplify. Number one is a church... All church gatherings, Sundays, retreats. We just had a all church praise and prayer night. Wonderful. Those of you came out, I, I just thank you again. We, we got to do that again. Um, I think Jay was saying something like we leadership will talk about in lieu of our season now. Next year, we might not do all church retreat. We're still deciding. Don't, don't. So we're trying to find a place that financially fits everything. So next year, I'm going ahead of this. So don't, don't bank on this. We might try all men's retreat and all women's retreat. In that way, we don't have to worry about bringing the kids and all that. And then finding the site will be easier. 
Number two thing is coaching and training leaders. We need to be intentional. Oh, by the way, when you go to the house churches in, in, in China, I think common problem was cults coming into the false doctrine coming into the, their gatherings. So that's why Sunday, Sunday morning, the preaching of the word, the expository preaching, and going through the scripture guidance, not just the Bible-based inspirational messages, but Bible-saturated preaching, the word of God guides us and provides a sound doctrine and direction. That's what we're trying to do on Sunday morning. Number three, children and uh, youth and student ministry, including college ministry. We don't have that yet, but someday we're hoping to uh, have some kind of a ministry like that as well. Bo and I will be meeting up with our college students soon. Um, why is that? Because in, when your home group Mere child care, even though we had, you know, crafts and other things were happening, it wasn't enough. And we need to be intentional. Uh, and number four, that we do, we do all things together is a holistic missions. Because of its interdependence and, and support and uh, cooperation will be much better. Core practice number one and number two now is deep mutual care and challenge, which means cultivate both deep care and deep challenge mutually as a transformational group culture. This implies something. It's easy to focus on one thing only caring and deep care, deep, deep love for each other without no accountability, without no sharpening, which means cheap grace. Like condoning sins in there. But if you focus on only deep challenge, it becomes judgmental, harsh, and there's no room for grace and growth. And the people begin to hide their sins or to hide their uh, shortcomings. So we want to see not only have a deep care, but also cha deep challenge. And 1 Peter 4.8 and 1 Thessalonians 2.12 beautifully uh, Apostle Paul's words and, Paul, and P Apostle Peter's words balances that really well. So deep care, deep mutual care means genuine earnest love in action. Deep mutual challenge means to care enough to speak truth in love, envisioning for spiritual maturity and Christ-likeness. And then our aim in this is to prove to pursue real transformation and spiritual maturity. Number three, core practice is missional community. Be God sent people to the world by living life in Jesus' way, 
and by reaching out with, God, with the gospel locally and globally. And Jesus said, I do not ask, them to to ask you to take them out of this world, but as you sent me, I am sending them into this world. Only sanctify them in your truth. What does that mean? We are not of, the, of this world, but we are in the world. We are sent into the world. The missional community is going community as opposed to being attract, trying so hard to be attractive. We need to reach out to the lost and least and the last with the love of Jesus and in the name of Jesus. Our aim in this is to live out Christ's mission in the world as God's sent people. So can we envision that our church is not just merely sending quote-unquote missionaries only, but that we are willing to go, to serve, to experience, to watch, and to, to catch the vision. Of course, with that money you could go on a nice vacation somewhere. But we are to Envision going, going to sheepfold, going to you know backyards of our community, and going to unbelieving, believing friends around us, as well as to the remote area of unreached people group. Number four is plurality of leadership. Lead synergistically and biblically, but not politically pursuing collective strength of wisdom and accountability as a biblical discernment. So 1 Peter 5, 1 through 12, Paul writes, I mean, Peter writes, to the church leaders, these words, I exhort the leaders, elders among you as a fellow elder. This implied so clear principle. The pastors are not CEOs. The pastors are supposed to be one of the elders, one of the elders in the church that collectively and synergistically leading the church. And there are many things I do intentionally to practice this. Certain things that I don't want to know. Certain things that I don't want to do decide myself, all by myself. Because our elders bring that safety, accountability, and collective wisdom. And even past several weeks, there are so many things that we have decided together, for which I'm very grateful. In, in so doing, we need to change this idea of the leadership board. Um, you know, once again, in my previous ministry, the leadership board is filled with the business guys. The guys who are really good at doing business and finance 
And not necessarily they are devoted Christians. No, they are growing Christians, some new Christians too. So elders at our church are spiritual leaders first, then organizational leaders, which means this is a very important thing. If our elders, including me, are doing our best job, our church will remain less business-like, less organizational, corporate feel-like, but more family-like, even if, even if we double our number. That's our job. Because there is a business aspect of leading church. We need to take care of it, but keep that principle. How do we do that? We, we lead it by example and model. We hold each other accountable, our, our spiritual vitality, the way of life, our character, our integrity, so that everyone in our church can follow the leadership with respect. This vision has been lived out. I'm so grateful. You know why? Because we have six elders, including me, but every single one of, one of them is genuinely respected by the church members. And one of them actually said, earlier days, when we were making decisions about you know, layout of this facility, I made some mistakes. And then he goes, I respect three of you pointing to the elders in that home group gathering, visiting, study with me. I respect three of you more than anyone in, in this world. Thank you, Lord. Why is that? Because our leadership is servant leadership. We lead by example with domineering and controlling, politicking. Our aim in this is to serve and lead together as God's family. Number five, practice. Core practice is apprenticing and mentoring. Practice apprenticing, mentoring as a lifestyle. Starting with home group communities, mostly without any titles, positions, or even using the words mentoring or apprenticing. The church is all to equip the saints of the work of the ministry, building up the body of Christ. That means every single one of us, isn't it? It is to allow opportunity to lead without full responsibility of leadership in a sense that everyone is encouraged to try various roles and lead. And so that each one of us can find spirit-given gifts and role in this season of our lives. And our aim in this is to practice every member ministry as the members of Christ's body. Number six is organic leadership development. Develop and empower homegrown leaders through sharing leadership tasks and responsibilities of home group communities. Second Timothy 2.2, 2, um, Apostle Paul writing to his mentoree, uh, 
Timothy, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This, this is really the spiritual multiplication principle of Jesus and Apostle Paul. Jesus impacted the whole world, but he focused only 12 during his three, roughly three years of public ministry life. And even three, 12, he focused on inner circle of three, as you know. Our future leaders should be homegrown. There are exceptions. For example, Pastor Einstein was brought as a new youth pastor. Praise God, he's doing a wonderful job. We need to continually encourage him. And there are so many challenges past several weeks. I think he, he looked a lot of times more stressed than me, you know. Uh, they're still deciding which facility to use for uh, SALT meetings. For, they do have options, thank God, two options. Uh, so that, there are some exceptions. But mainly speaking, in order to think of it as a business, people who are looking for you know, um, outsiders, professional staff to do ministry here as a higher gun, is really something that we need to be very cautious. Do you know, I, I won't name people, there are people in our church doing the role and task, and other churches will have to pay and hire paid people for that. If we ask them, would you like to get some stipend money? Because you do so much around us. It will insult their, their integrity and heart to serving the Lord. Our aim in this is to multiply effective proven spiritual leaders not only by co their competence, but also by character. Character has to be the forefront of this proven leadership. The pragmatic world looking for competence only. So there, that's why a lot of the effective leaders organizationally, pastors get burned and have a failure left and right. Seventh and last one is building up and branching out. Multiply transforming communities through building up and branching out. Home group communities, when the, it becomes about 20 to 30, Santa Ana group was like that uh, last year. We, we said everyone, it was a 23, 23 adults. Think about how many kids will be in the other room. So we branched out to, to Santa Ana Home Group and Orange Home Group. And Tuang's once again doing wonderful job in leading Orange Home Group. I, I think, in, to, to be honest, that they're doing much better than you know, Kate and I are doing because 
they somehow convinced every member to host every weekend, every time that they have. And I go, how do I do that? I, don't, I can't ask my home group members yet. You know, so we meet every time at our place. They meet every single time. Whoever does the dinner rotation, they host. Wonderful. Hooray. So building up and branching out will be constantly happening. I know you cannot imagine. Sometimes I have a hard time imagining. When our church congregation becomes 300 and 400, it is time for us to think about branching out. Because once again, as the organization side, a business side, the facility size, it becomes a machine. It, 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 it takes so much of organizational things and meticulous process of going through finance planning and all that is happening. You could hold me accountable. When our congregation attendance, adult attendance reaches about 400, we will be proactively, intentionally find ways, empower one of the pastors, one of the uh, homegrown leaders to branch out, to have, so that we don't have burdens. We could be still interconnected in many different ways. In Acts 15, they did that. They sent people to branch out. This process is really slow. So building up and branching out. Um, because when you think about, when you plant an oak tree, it will take years to get benefit from the oak tree. At first, you will not even see anything. But the tree becomes about this big. You're giving more care than getting nothing from the tree. But just imagine the trees is tall, provide shade. In this hot weather, oh, that will be, I call it a sheltering place. So nice. And people can have picnic under, under that tree. Our kids can play. And we could have a meaningful conversation under that tree. So in your home group, Three home groups will be watching that. The men who planted trees are wonderful parable of that story applies to our vision. My time's up. Let me conclude with this. Michael Green, who is a New Testament theology theologian focus on the early church. Uh, this is from one of his books called Evangelism in the Early Church. Let's read and recapture the vision to be a transforming community. Green writes, what is more, this infectious enthusiasm on the part of such diverse people of differing ages, background, sex, Cultures were backed up by the quality of their lives. Their love, jo their joy, 
they change the habits and they and progressively transform the characters gave great weight to what they had to say their community life though far from perfect as christian writers were constantly complaining was nevertheless sufficiently different and impressive to attract notice to invite curiosity and to inspire discipleship in an age that was as pleasure conscious as materialist as devoid of serious purpose as of our own paganism saw in early christianity a quality of living and supremely of dying which could not be found elsewhere seven core practices is because we want to flesh out through the practices to be a transforming community like this a quality of living that you cannot find anywhere else i mean outside of the church not just our church restoring the captured vision let's pray father i thank you so much for the vision you given us now help us to recapture the vision so that we rekindle our passion for the crossway church we have challenges ahead even starting next sunday there will be a setup and breakdown all over again it's not a easy way of doing church father convince us start a new fire in us that this is better than anything else help us to see the radical joy of god centered church life and god centered church In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen.